0: Warning, the following content may be disturbing to some individuals. Consumer discretion is advised.
1: Sirens of the Supernatural hey everybody welcome to sirens of the supernatural ryan and i are here with you tonight Lindsay will be back next week but tonight we have a special treat for you we're starting uh part one of a two-part series on sleep paralysis and night terrors and um i didn't know very much about this subject because i've never experienced it myself but um we know some people who have, and I believe Ryan is going to share some things. Um, but first, how are you doing, Ryan? Have you had a good Thanksgiving and got plenty of turkey?
2: Yeah, I, I'm doing great. Thanks, Rhonda. I hope everybody else had good holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Ate uh, until you couldn't move, watched lots <laughs> of football, uh, spent some time with some family, had a great time. Uh, yeah, you know, the sleep paralysis, you know, and the night terrors. Uh, I've had some experiences to those i've talked to some people worked in some places that uh mm-hmm. that was pretty regular and you know that's it's very interesting you know and it's very scary when that does happen to people
1: it is and i i had to do a little bit of research because i wasn't quite sure i mean i've heard of it and i've heard of people having it but um so tonight as we're talking about sleep paralysis I wanted to just kind of summarize it for our viewers who have never experienced it. Maybe there's a lot of people out there like me uh, who haven't. And um, WebMD and the Sleep Foundation uh, online says that sleep paralysis um, is when you find yourself unable to move or speak for a few seconds or minutes. The temporary loss of muscle control can involve hallucinations or a feeling of suffocation, which is terrifying to me. People also reported chest pressure and distressing emotions like panic, fear, and helplessness during their sleep paralysis episodes. And I was interested to learn that sleep paralysis occurs during REM sleep when the sleeper is shifting between stages of sleep. And up to as many as 4 out of 10 people or 20% of people will experience sleep paralysis in their lifetime. And it can affect people of any age. Um, it, it has been said to run in families, but I don't know if there's any research that really uh, proves that. But um, it can last from several seconds to several minutes, even up to 20 minutes. But um, it said the average time has been reported to be right around six minutes. Uh, so I guess they've done some sleep studies and, and measured those things. They say the exact cause is unknown but they believe that there are some things that can trigger episodes of sleep paralysis. And I'm curious to know if any of these, um, if, if if you've heard of any of these actually triggering someone's sleep paralysis. First of all, uh, like disrupted sleep patterns, insomnia, for example, because of jet lag or job uh, change, shift change. Uh, they say that people with narcolepsy, um, that causes them to suddenly fall asleep, you know, during the day or whenever, um, are more prone to have sleep paralysis, as well as those with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, Generalized anxiety disorder or panic disorder um, can also, um, or is also thought to trigger it. Um, Now, I came across a story on BuzzFeed, and I want to just quickly read this little story because I thought, I want to know some examples of when this has happened. Um, So uh, (laughs) this lady writes, and this just creeped me out so much. I was praying I didn't have sleep paralysis after reading her story. But um, I'll read it to you now and see what you think. She said, it happens every time I fall asleep on my back. I wake up and I can't tell if my eyes are open or shut, but I can see my whole room. A dark presence is lurking on top of my wardrobe, and as soon as I notice it, I try to scream, but I can't, and I can't move. The darkness slithers down the side of the wardrobe, across the floor, and looms over the end of my bed. Then it creeps all over me, trying to invade every orifice. I feel an immense pressure like it has pinned me down and is pushing its way into my ears, eyes, and mouth. The darkness then screams a terrible screech right into my face, and I try to scream back until eventually I manage to jerk my head and everything disappears. Then I'm alone in the darkness. It is the most terrifying of experiences. Um, So never having experienced it, uh, that gave me some idea of what it could be like from a firsthand uh, account. And uh, so, Ryan, I want to ask you about I know that you have um, experienced some things and some people that, you know, as well, have experienced sleep paralysis. So tell us a little bit about uh, about that and what you experienced or they experienced.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that story you just told I mean, it's got to be terrifying, uh, you know, uh, imagine, you know, especially seeing something like that and then feeling helpless. And watching this thing it's like a slow build and you're like you can't do anything and it keeps getting closer and closer you mm-hmm. feel the weight you feel the pressure and then it's right there and you're <clears throat> yeah that's uh you know i've had similar experiences uh you know which we'll kind of get into i've woken, woken up uh with uh, extreme pressure being held down a sense of helplessness not being able to move uh, oh. i have worked uh, one of the most interesting uh stories that i've heard i've actually been part of was i worked at a uh group home in a southwestern region in virginia and you know it's not my typical cup of tea but it's something i started and i was getting good at i hadn't been there very long before you know i started hearing some uh, you know some weird things happen from time to time you know just be careful just kind of listen to what we say so i'm like okay cool you know we'll uh you know we'll deal with it when it happens you know Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm used to scary stories and I've watched it all in movies. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, nothing's going to happen. You know, it's going to freak me out.
1: So these were the other workers telling you <laughs> that? Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, it'd be cool to see something, you know, and that's the worst mistake ever, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm sitting there and we're, uh, it's late at night, like eleven, twelve o'clock at night. And we're doing paperwork. We're doing our books, all the uh, residents are asleep. And then all of a sudden uh, we hear this. It's hard to explain. It's half-human, half-non-human scream, right? And you can tell it's part-human, but the other sound, you couldn't really make out what it was. And I'm, I looked at the, my coworker. I'm like, what is that? And I'm going to, you know, use a different name, of course, for, uh, you know, safety's sake and uh, to keep them safe. because you know, I'll just say her name was Sally. And she goes, that's Sally. She goes, she does this. She has uh, sleep paralysis and she has night terrors. Uh, be careful because don't go in and grab her or anything like that. The last person that did, she grabbed their arm because she was still in that state mm-hmm. of almost semi-consciousness. And she grabbed the lady's arm one handed. And this uh, salad was five foot tall, maybe a hundred pounds. And she grabbed one arm with one hand and turned her entire arm from wrist to elbow black for a month. That's mm-hmm. how strong she was. Wow. So, here I go, and Sally's room was on the back end of the hall. The hallway's about 20 feet, and her room was on the back end on the right side. So I just start walking. Normally, I'm walking down through them like, okay, what's going on here? And I noticed that my coworker's not behind me. So I turn around, and my coworker's like eight foot behind me with her shoulder against the wall and her head against the wall just like tippy toeing, like baby steps, mm-hmm. like she's trying to peek into the room from 20 feet back. Wow. So I get behind her, you know, I'm like, it, it kind of freaked me out. I get behind her. I whisper her. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. And she goes, never run in there. You never know what to expect because she could either still be sleeping in the sleep paralysis mode or she could be in a night terror mode and she could like jump on the bed. She can be bouncing. She can be doing all kinds of stuff because I've seen her go full blown, pretty much Linda Blair stuff before. like mm-hmm. bounce on the bed, do all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get behind her and I'm walking in. And she's on the bed, just like fighting the air, uh-huh. and she's screaming. And you know, finally, we go in there, and I kind of get her calmed down and talk to her a little bit, you know. And it takes like five minutes just to kind of get her relaxed. And just like you said, she goes, you know, something was on top of me, you know, I was held down, and then finally, you know, it released a little uh, to where I can actually vocalize, and I was screaming. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it was probably right before we came in, because, you know, it probably knew it was coming or whatever the pace was. It kind of released. Her. And then she started fighting because she's still in that semi-conscious state mm-hmm. of mind. And that happened several times with her. Wow. And uh, there's a lot of stories I can get into with that. But that was my first experience with other people mm-hmm. as far as that goes. And I'll be honest, it kind yeah. of freaked me out because I'm like, what am I getting into? You know, because I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of scary movies. I've seen, you know, a lot of different things. And I was just like, you know, but what really stood out to me was my coworker behind me, like as close to the wall as he can, like toe to heel, mm-hmm. stepping, like afraid, scared to death to go in the room. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You don't run in there. You know, mm-hmm. you can get hurt. I'm like, what? But yeah, I mean, to be to be woken up or to be in a semi-conscious state of mind and to see something like that and then to be able to feel in the physical world that you can't move and mm-hmm. there's heavy pressure on you and like in the story that you told, if you can see something and it's coming to get you, that's terrifying, you know, and for people to have that a lot, you know, that's. I just don't know how they deal with it.
1: I don't either, and I was thinking, you know, it'd be terrifying enough if you were the one dealing with it. But then, you know, if your husband or if parents, you know, of children who experience this, um, it would be terrifying for them as well. Um, yeah. Well, have you ever um, have you ever experienced anything like like that yourself, or?
2: I have. Uh, and mine kind of goes into both of them as far as, and I think they kind of go hand in hand as far as the, night, uh, the sleep paralysis goes in hand to hand with the night terrors, because of course it's going to scare you. Right. Mm-hmm. And and when you wake up, you're going to be in that kind of night terror type state of mind because it's mm-hmm. really freaked out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to take you a little while to kind of come back down to be like, okay, what just happened?
1: Yeah. I guess your body goes kind of into flight <clears throat> fight mode.
2: Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, a small story, part of the story While I've had, I've woken up before with uh, something setting on my chest. Mm. Uh, you know, and I was pinned down in the bed, and I can feel a hand basically on my forehead. And it was holding me there, just pinned me down. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, and I've had experiences like that, uh, mm. you know, and. A little bit of a background, you know, I've, I've you know, been on military and things like that. So I was like, okay, it's on my forehead. A lot of pressure's on my forehead. Uh, if I turn my head real quick, it's going to throw this thing off balance, right? I'm mm-hmm. still thinking human, you know, mm-hmm. even though I can't see it. Mm-hmm. So really what happened was uh, I turned my head real quick and I felt the pressure release. And then I kind of feel something hit the bed beside me. Mm-hmm. So whatever it was had had the pressure on me, uh, but like I said, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, oh Lord, what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. I can't see this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to rationalize what's going on. So were your
1: eyes open?
2: Uh, you think? Yes. Whether I was still in a sleep state, I don't know. No. But to me, no. I was awake.
1: Yeah.
2: Because I woke up. To me, in my, I thought I was awake. Mm-hmm. i could have been asleep i don't know but like i said when i woke up and i looked and i felt this pressure i couldn't see anything mm-hmm. and so like i said and then that happened and then yeah uh you know i've had that happen several times you know yeah. but like i said you know i just have faith and i couldn't see it so i'm just like well what do i do you know when i kind of go you know just do what you can do you know you don't know mm-hmm. what to do but you know there's a lot of reasons and you know sayings and different beliefs that cause that, but that's what I said, you know, mm-hmm. but that's just one small story and I can get into more in depth, you know, to make the story go a little further, but, you know, we can kind of get into a little bit more detail later on.
1: Okay. Wow. That, uh, the, just the, I hear that in common and I've seen it in some other stories I've read about sleep paralysis that, the something pressure on your chest or something pressing you down and holding you down. And like, you can't move a muscle that, that would be terrifying if I was wide awake and I can't imagine like how terrifying that must be when you're in that semi-conscious state and you can't see what it is. I mean, I'm sure your mind goes everywhere um, trying to figure it out and, and get free of it. Um, That pressure on the chest too, it reminds me, um, I've heard a lot of stories about um, even people who have night terrors and nightmares feeling that in their sleep. And I wonder if it's causing some kind of physiological (laughs) reaction, you know, in your body where, you know, they say people who are having heart Attacks feel that pressure on the chest. Um, I don't, I don't know. That's just a really interesting common thread in that. But and the trouble breathing and and things like that. Um, it's like your adrenaline's probably probably <laughs> up times a thousand or something. And uh, yeah, it would be whatever it is, it would be, it would be terrifying. And I thank you for sharing your uh, experiences. Did you have anything else you wanted to share before we take a break and come back with uh, another special guest who's going to share um, her firsthand experiences with sleep paralysis?
2: Oh, uh, really? Just like I said, you know, it, it's a weight. it's almost like a something trying to impose itself upon you because it's like a great pressure, mm-hmm. you know, and like the story that you said, it, she said that it tried to impose its will and enter her body somehow mm-hmm. or another by a one form or fashion, Uh whether it's a type of possession or whether it's a type of some kind of subconscious uh, thing, but to be able to be into that situation that there's that weight, it's like mm-hmm. a huge man that's stronger or a huge thing that's stronger and you can't move and it has total control. So a lot of it could be hyperventilation. Some of it could mm-hmm. be, you know, uh, you just uh, just kind of get in your thoughts processing and you start breathing heavy, which makes your chest
1: right. kind of
2: expand and makes it burn because you're like, I can't breathe, which does make your chest feel tight. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did re- uh, have, hear a story and I can't remember where I heard it from, but uh, it was part of uh, if I can find it, I'll try to share it on here. There was a lady that, you know, she had brought up in the church and it kind of goes along with the, uh, you know, kind of like the rubber Banner type story that we mm-hmm. did earlier. And her husband, of course, was not in the church. He's a very worldly, wicked type yeah. man. And in her story that she could feel when he had his night terrors because it would feel a pressure on his side of the bed. Mm-hmm. She can actually sense something and feel it crawling up the bed onto him but there was no pressure on her. Oh, wow. And uh, one time that there was so much pressure that the bed almost broke. Oh, wow. So uh, I had read a story about that. I think it was like 15 years ago. And if I can Mm -hmm. get that story and remember what it was, it'd be an awesome story. It's a story Mm -hmm. to tell. Yeah. That was, you know, and that was kind of like going along that time frame a little bit after I had my experience when I was doing some research. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. what happened?
1: Yeah.
2: But yeah, I mean, that's terrifying it's terrifying to experience it and it's also terrifying to read about other people's experience
1: it is yeah when i was reading that story i had read it two or three times but when i was reading it uh, tonight here i still got goosebumps like every time i read it it gives me goosebumps um and i just i feel so you know i feel for those people i empathize with them um and hope that, you know, I wish no one would have that experience. But also, uh, I listened to another podcast and I've heard um, I've heard them talk about um, in other cultures, um, they have a what they call the night hag. And it's something like this that comes to people in their sleep and sits on their chest and people have reported like seeing it, I guess, while they're having sleep paralysis, not being able to move, but but seeing it coming, you know, and then just sitting down with its full weight on their chest. And um, and there are a lot of stories, uh, similar stories around the world about this entity, whatever it is um, that they call the night hag. Um, and I had never heard that before until I was listening to that podcast. And then it seemed like once I heard that story, you know, it makes you want to research and, and learn more about Well, are people, you know, the people I know are experiencing this. Yes. But how do other people around the world experience this same thing? And so, you know, we always try to to name it or try to figure out what it is. And I guess that was just what they call it as the night hag. Um, but anyway, very interesting stuff. And uh, we will um, we'll take a short break and then we're going to come back and talk with Maria, who is going to share some of her experiences with sleep paralysis. And then Ryan and I will come back and uh, maybe get to ask her some questions and we will see you on the flip side. Be sure to tune back in.
0: Join us next week for part two of our spooky sleep series when Sirens Rhonda and Ryan are joined by yet another special guest to discuss the mysterious yet horrifying phenomenon known as night scares. An intriguing and intense conversation that warranted a whole episode all by itself. Do not miss it. Friday, December 8th, only on Sirens of the Supernatural.
1: Welcome back to Sirens of the Supernatural. Uh, thank you for joining us for the second part of our sleep paralysis episode and we are here with a special guest. We want to thank Maria for uh, being on the show tonight and she is going to share some of her own experiences with sleep paralysis and um, and afterward maybe Ryan and I can ask uh, any questions that we have. She's graciously agreed to be with us tonight. So thank you, Maria, and we'll let you take it away and describe some of your experiences with sleep paralysis.
3: Well, Thank you so much, Rhonda and Ryan, for having me. I'm a big fan of Sirens of the Supernatural, so um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, When, you know, I heard about um, the whole sort of like sleep paralysis um, thing that you're gonna talk about I immediately put my hand up because you know it's something that's very personal to me and just listening to you know other people talk about it as well um you know it's been really interesting I've done a lot of research on it as well because I experience it about three to four times a year on average so um as as long as I can remember I've had them so uh, but the first, the first real time I remember it happening was when I was in high school. So, um, I was about 13 and, um, uh, I, you know, I lived with a cousin who had a cousin and that cousin claimed that he was actually seeing spirits, you know, lurking about our house. So uh, just to, you know, let you in a little bit on my sort of like cultural background, I'm Filipino. So the whole like spiritual world, mythical cre- creatures, it's it's big for us. Right. So it's another whole story on its own. Um, you know, and if you want to kind of like find out more about the mythical creatures, there's actually a Netflix um, uh, uh not really a doc, but a Netflix sort of like animation um, uh, series called um, Teresa, which is like Trace is like thirteen in English. Um, so it's it's, sorry 13 in Spanish and both Spanish and Filipino so so really interesting you'll see you know the different spirits um, and stuff like that so when I was younger we um, and you know it's still it's my ancestral home we still live there now you know um, when my husband and I go home to the Philippines like we stay there Um, across that house there was an old big mango tree and that cousin claimed that there was actually an evil spirit who lived there which you know for the west it's what you would refer to as a hag or a night hag so that's what he claimed right so i remember going to bed uh that night and thinking about this tree because he had mentioned that you know it had that spirit in it and and I can actually see the tree from my bedroom window. And so, you know, so I'm I, I'm scared all this time. But then I then drift off to sleep. It's one of those summer nights in the Philippines. Like, we didn't have school, so we can stay out late. But, you know, I was able to drift off to sleep and into my dream. And in my dream, I was somewhere. And there was, like, a stainless steel elevator door. I don't know what the deal is with that but I heard that there was something who was banging inside the walls and wanting to get out. And then it did that for a while. And I was super scared. And I heard that, uh, uh, you know, a little later it got really quiet and all I heard was this like cackling, this like really eerie laughter of someone in my head is, I was already thinking it was a night hag. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to turn away and you know, I, I started running but i could not move and so i started screaming i started praying like hail mary full of grace i grew up catholic so that's Mm -hmm. the first thing that came up onto my mind it just went on i couldn't like move and then all of a sudden i i I woke up and kind of like sat up my bed and i could still hear the cackling from the direction of the tree so so i was really really scared so that was like the whole uh, time like i wanted to move away from the elevator door but like something was stopping me. And then finally, when I kind of like, I was forcing to like get up or get up and move, like I was able to like sit up, you know, sit up straight on my bed uh, because of the force I was trying to, you know, um, you know to, to exert just to get away. Mm-hmm. So that was really scary. Um, yeah, and over the years, you know, more or less the same thing would happen. Uh, it's always a different scenario. And but every time, every episode that I would have, it feels very, very real. Like um, I remember, there was this one time where in somebody was trying to reach me and they couldn't reach me. I can see their arms, mm-hmm. and then I look at my own arm and I can see someone's like fingers. You know, the like a handbar. And I'm looking at it like it's a hand mark. And then I would wake up and look at my arm. Oh, there's no hand mark there. I was just dreaming in a dream, you know? So, so right. it was really scary. <laughs> and um, there are also times where, um, you know, um, I couldn't move or escape, even though they're not holding me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like I couldn't escape. Um, and I, you know, the same thing happens again. Like I couldn't move. And You know, um, it's really scary because, like, in my culture, uh, when I was younger, like, in the 90s, people are known to have died in their sleep from having a bad dream. It's a thing, right? In our language, we call it bangungot. So bangungot is, like, uh, basically, it's not exclusive to the Philippines. And other Asian countries have names for this peculiar phenomenon, you know? So, for Mm -hmm. example, in Thailand, it's called Lai And in Japan, I think they call it Pokuri. And always similar instances of a person mysteriously dying in their sleep, right? So Mm -hmm. it was a big thing because in the 90s, there was like a young actor in the Philippines who died in his sleep. He was perfectly healthy. And the elders are always saying, like the elders and their superstition that, you know, that they warn us because it was because he ate before sleeping. So I kind of believe that for a time and, you know, try not to eat before bed. But mm-hmm. generally in Philippine folklore, like bangu or like this, you know, sleep paralysis, or actually, no, it's um um sudden and explained death uh in sleep, because that's mm-hmm. actually the, the 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 scientific name for it. Um it's it's uh it's linked to what we call a batibat, which is a vengeful hag-like mythical creature responsible mm-hmm. for the mysterious death in a person's sleep by sitting on their chests until they run out of breath so that's kind of like the folk that that's you know what we believe so it's like every time somebody would die of of that like a sudden and unexplained death in sleep Mm -hmm. or called suds right that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the explanation now um it's Difficult to ask for a more understandable explanation, obviously. But when you look at these origin stories, um, you think that's the answer, right? It's, it's probably, Mm -hmm. it's probably the vengeful hag-like mythical creature, but, you know, um, there's really no studies about this, you know, that's ever been done. However, there's one medical condition that they actually, you know, that's actually suspected of causing death in, in these cases. And it's called acute pancreatitis, right, syndrome, which is like, basically, you know, when you eat so much before you go to bed, you're, Pancreas actually mal- malfunctions, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's both acute and chronic. You know, sometimes it's co- caused by gallstones or heavy alcohol use, or you know, or some medicines that you would have taken. So that mm-hmm. that's that's. I was so scared because I'm like, am I, you know, experiencing this all the time? Because I feel like you know I'm ah. So so it was really scary. Um, so you know, it went on. I would have episodes every now and then. Um, But when I became Christian, so I moved to Dubai actually from the Philippines, I moved to Dubai, I was there for 13 years and that's where I became Christian. And um, one of the um, elders at church and actually a very close mentor of mine told me that whenever that happens, to call on Jesus's name, you know, whenever I experience it again, or if I find myself, you know, uh, you know, encountering the same episode. And so the next time I happened after it happened, you know, uh, um, after that conversation I had with her, I remember I was in my dream or nightmare Mm -hmm. (laughs) in his dream. I was walking down this dark alley and there were a few dark hooded figures blocking my way and again i started running away and two of them tried to get a hold of me and i remember again them stretching their arms towards me but they never seemed to reach me for some reason but i just remember their like long dark arms right mm-hmm. um, they're stretching towards me um so i i put my hand up to stop them and i was struggling to say in jesus name because that's what i remember like in jesus name leave me alone right but the I couldn't get a word out, you know, like I couldn't say it. It was like trying to pry my jaw open so hard to say it, you know, like, but I can't like, I, I'm able to like do it a little bit and then, but then it, my, my mouth just closes. So I would try it like four or five times and then I would wake up, you know, and say it out loud as I was waking up, you know, mm-hmm. very freaky. <laughs> cool. I know. So, um. so yeah. So, but I notice, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's really scary, obviously, when you wake up and like, it's dark, you know, you're alone in the room and you're like, what's happening is it still, is it still this dream or something, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. when I wake up also like my you know, my heart rate is increased, you know, I'm catching, and trying to catch my breath, right? But I noticed that it would only happen if I sleep on my right side. <laughs> Really, so I don't know. yeah. So I don't know what that is. For some reason it, it's like that, but I heard it was bad for someone to sleep on their right side. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said earlier, I also know that due to my extensive research, that there's really hardly any like scientific evidence out there or any medical experiments that were very conclusive mm-hmm. that there's a specific cause for sleep paralysis. Um, so no one can really prove why it happens or whether or not it's a genetic thing or even a psychological thing. I minored in psychology. There was nothing, you know, the, no psychological studies to actually uh, prove that there was like a cause and effects, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. like what happens before you sleep or just the general events of your day or any connection to like any physiological like side effect of what you're having. So um, I get the whole F- Freudian theory and people and their dreams and I think about it, I'm like, I generally don't have trauma, you know, throughout the day mm-hmm. to try and do that. Maybe it's fear. And then, you know, when I became Christian, I thought, you know, it was more of a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, when um, Fitbits and sort of like Apple Watches and Samsung Watches came about, like there's actually an app or like a feature where they, they can tell, uh like you have a record of whether you were on rem or rapid eye movement like as you fall asleep and rem is where you actually have your dreams so basically um it could quantify like how many minutes you are on rem or how many minutes you are in deep sleep and a lot of the times i i noticed that my deep sleep is like at most like maybe 40 minutes and all throughout the the night like it's just a very shallow sort of sleep and I would have and, and the nights that I would have like very vivid dreams and the REM would be longer so it's, it's really interesting I mean I could probably do my own research about <laughs> it just yeah. just run myself um but yeah um so yeah in terms of like like I said like it's not really genetic but I do like in my family I do have a my brother actually sleepwalks so i don't know if that's yeah. one thing i actually have another cousin also that you could have complete conversations with even though he's like <laughs> totally asleep um but yeah so when it happens nowadays like uh, it hasn't really happened much lately but it's happened this year for sure mm-hmm. um i started praying really hard because you know i i feel as though you know something is trying to it's never really a figure. It's always just hands trying to grab me, you know, there's Mm -hmm. the intention to grab me. They never fully grab me, but there's the intention to grab me. And then I try to put my hand up and say, in Jesus name, in Jesus name. And I could, I just couldn't get the words out. So, you know, and I was trying to breathe and I couldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah. So that's, that's my experience in terms of sleep paralysis. I mean, over the years, I kind of just like, you know, I'm not, saying that I'm used to it or anything, but, uh, it still scares me like to death sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially now that I'm older. And sometimes, you know, I, I I was just at my, um, doctor last week and, you know, uh, when I talk about palpitations and stuff like that, so I'm happy. I don't, you know, my heart is fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now. No, no problem with that. But like, um yeah i mean it could it could be something that's underlying but it's just there's no evidence to it which is a lot scarier because how are you going to Mm -hmm. like cure it or kind of like prevent that from happening so yeah
1: then and and it has to be frustrating to not to know um do you so you feel like now that you're christian it's more of a spiritual thing and when you're in the moment in that sleep paralysis mode Mm -hmm. Do you, I'm sure you're praying in your mind, you're thinking uh, the prayer. And do you find that you wake up quicker,
3: like as you're thinking that prayer? Um, well, yeah, as soon as I as soon as I experience it, I try to say in Jesus name. And the moment that I am able to open my mouth and I actually see it, I wake up you wake up. So, you know, like I was just thinking like, you know, in Jesus name, when I try to do that, um, like, like I said, like I have a hard time. Like I almost have to pry my jaws open to say the words out. And as soon as I can, then I wake up and it all kind mm-hmm. of goes away. So for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I read too, in some of the research that it said, uh, I came across the question, how do you snap out of sleep paralysis? And it said, wiggle your toes or fingers um, shift your focus to the furthest parts of your body, moving your fingers or wiggling your toes may help to break the paralysis, but it's not true in every case. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever
3: tried that? I have not. I only remember like holding my hand up, like Mm -hmm. I'm praying over something or I'm trying to Mm -hmm. ward off something. Um, Because at that point, like I I guess that's a good strategy to try and wiggle like body parts and stuff. But at that moment like you don't think about that right. like like that where am i going to look you know like it's mm-hmm. like there's these two hooded figures that are like mm-hmm. attacking me and uh um, you know in my mind i'm just i just want to get away you know yeah. i just want to spring out of it so so no i've not really tried that mm-hmm. um uh previously it was like it was just screaming you know like uh before before that i was just screaming and it would go on for a while and then mm-hmm. you know like you said when i became christian and you know, I put my my faith in Jesus, and I'm I'm sure, like it's it's you know that I believe that He was gonna come and like cast those you know uh, spirits mm-hmm. away. Because that's that's for me, that's how I look at it. Because um, you know, it's it's just bad spirits that are trying to invade your dreams, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, because you know it's it's one thing to it's it's one thing to have like a a, uh like really elaborate like storyline versus just you know people who are trying to grab you and Mm -hmm. and, you know right yeah
1: well i hate that you're still having to face that you would hope that it would be something you would grow out of Um, but you know that doesn't always happen um And I was going to ask. I was curious. Are there any other members of your family that you know of that suffer from sleep paralysis episodes?
3: I do not actually know because this is something that I've extensively talked to my family about. Mm -hmm. uh, Just you know, when I was trying to figure out what was happening. Um, So the elders say, you know, exactly what I told you. It was about Mm -hmm. the what it's about the um, like the uh, acute pancreatitis syndrome right but and not to eat anything before bed but no i've not heard of anyone else in my family that experienced this
1: okay well that's good news and that kind of dismisses the theory that it it runs in families Mm -hmm. or it's genetic somehow Mm -hmm. Um, ryan do you you have any thoughts or anything you want to ask maria
2: yeah that's terrifying i mean you Mm -hmm. know because you've had it several times over and over again uh you know you found out, you know, that sometimes it happens more often when you sleep on your right side or what have you. I got a question: like, when these things happen, uh you know, like the lady in the story that Rhonda told, you know, she said she tried to felt something invade her body. Was there? Any, is there besides the pressure and, of course, the the fear? Mm-hmm. Is there any other kind of sense or? Or communication or experience that you have to kind of figure out why it's happening or maybe mm-hmm. if it does want something, if in fact it is a spirit?
3: Um, I, I would say it's it's more of like you're totally, was well, paralysis. So a lot of the times when I'm having these dreams, I'm actually standing up. So what I could do is just like turn, a, turn around and kind of like walk the other direction or run. You are completely like immobilized like you mm-hmm. cannot like you can't even turn your head like that's it, it couldn't happen like so that's kind of like just the sense that i have it's like you are contained like some like and and when you try to or exert effort to kind of like for me now when i try to say in jesus name it feels like my body is kind of like you know my soul's leaving my body that's how it feels like like there's this like that your jaw is like closed like you know with a sticky glue and then you try to open it and just keeps on popping back up or back together so Mm -hmm. it's like that's that's how it feels like um but yeah I mean it's it's very um I don't know it's like it's it's you've lost all like power you know all faculties you know and so Mm -hmm. it's it's really crazy and all you you know it's, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's almost like, you know, you're working on brain power. Like it's what you're thinking, the thoughts that you're thinking, they have to form and have come to actuality because your actual body couldn't move like you couldn't Mm -hmm. move. So.
2: Wow. I wouldn't get on the elevator.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to run away from the elevator.
1: Oh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences with us and, and, Uh, hopefully and prayerfully uh, you won't have any more of those episodes I hate that anyone has to have them but um, I know that um, someone I know their husband has uh, these episodes and she said she has learned to like kind of know when he's having those Mm -hmm. and especially if she's not asleep yet and so she said that what she does is when he's having those episodes, she, she said that his eyes are open, but she knows that he's not, you know, fully awake or conscious. And so she just kind of rubs his arm and tries to tell him, you know, everything's okay. I'm here. You're in the bed. It's just a dream or, you know, something like that, but no sudden movements or anything. Um, do you, Uh, I know that you're married. Does your husband realize uh, when you're having these episodes? And and has he found anything
3: that he can do to help? One thing you need to know about my husband is that he is a very deep sleeper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So whatever's happening with me, he's not going to sort of like notice. And he Mm -hmm. hasn't. The only time that he would know is if I shake him up because I'm pretty scared, like waking up. Mm So, I would tell him, like, I've just had a bad dream and yeah. you know, don't leave the room. <laughs> yes, exactly. <you're laughs> stay here with me because you have know, had a bad dream. But yeah. no, so no, he hasn't really um, done anything. But I, I think I kind of managed it, like, mm-hmm. you know, because I've had it, like, for a long time and I've lived by myself, you know, for a right. long time. So, so I'm kind of okay uh, with that it now. Um, it's just, you know, when you are, it's like when you're back up and like you're awake it's sometimes i question it like is am i still dreaming <laughs> or is yeah it okay now or is everything fine and um yeah and, and you know it's 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 not a great way to wake up because you have all of this anxiety and i was like mm-hmm. oh is that what's happening when it's not there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: well uh i know there are a lot of our listeners out there who may be experiencing this and it it surely does help to know that you're not alone and so you sharing your story and ryan you sharing your experiences um hopefully has helped some of our listeners to know they're not alone or or maybe new things that they can try when they're experiencing sleep paralysis so thank you again for being with us and sharing uh maria and um thank you ryan
2: before we get off here there's one thing i'd like to ask maria about her research uh this has happened periodically throughout your life, you know, and, uh, you know, now that you're married, of course, you have a uh, somebody there to help you. Have you guys, and since you guys are in research and you kind of are into a lot of similar things as we are, mm-hmm. have you ever really got, try to record at nighttime to see if something does happen, whether mm-hmm. it's more psychological or whether it's more physical? Because mm-hmm. it does happen to see if you can actually see something or maybe if something weird happens about mm-hmm. the time that that happens to you guys.
3: So no, I have not tried to record um you know as i as I sleep um but I imagine there's a lot of sort of like um, sleep like kind of like sleep um, therapy clinics that do that. Uh, there's a couple of studies that I've seen before where in, you know, a person's, like, attached, you know, how when uh, somebody's getting diagnosed for sleep apnea or something like that, like, they attach all of these sensors mm-hmm. and stuff. So, similar to that, um, but they can only, as far as, record someone's, like, you know, heightened um, heart rate or, or increased heart rate or, um, you know, pace of breathing. That's all, that's really all that they can do. <clears throat> I don't think um, they have actually seen, sort of, like, anything that would relate to like the spiritual world or anything any sense that they see um you know when when they record it so i i don't think i mean it's a good approach to it you know because uh it is clearly like it's coming out like for me in my experience i feel like it's a third party you know that's that's Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of like you know bothering you and stuff so so that's definitely something that you know people can right
2: Um, We don't need anything like paranormal activity happen you know you start recording the weird stuff really right it's not the best route to go
1: (laughs) yes good question though yeah yeah so anything else that y'all would like to share before we sign off for this episode
2: so thank you for being our guest maria and we appreciate it
1: for having me yes thank you And thank you for being a fan uh, (laughs) of of the podcast. We're fairly new and (laughs) Mm -hmm. we're trying to get the word out. Mm -hmm. And on that note, um, listeners send in your stories. If you have spooky stories to share or even your own stories of sleep paralysis or night terrors, uh, we will be back in another episode talking uh, specifically about night terrors. Uh, So don't miss that next week. And Uh, Be sure to give us some likes and love on social media. We're Sirens of the Supernatural um, on Facebook and Instagram, and we're at Supernatural Sirens on TikTok. You can follow us and view the episodes on YouTube, Sirens of the Supernatural podcast. Um, So, Ryan, I will let you take us out.
2: (laughs) All right. so thanks for all you guys and all our viewers out there and just Remember, uh, send all your all your stories, in. we'd love to share with you. Mm-hmm. And Rhonda, as always, stay, stay spooky. spooky. <laughs>
0: Don't forget to join us next Friday, December 8th, when we will be joined by yet another special guest for a deep dive into the horrifying realm of night scares. Tune in if you dare. The Sirens of the Supernatural podcast can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and all other major podcast platforms. Join us each week for more spookiness. Also, please join us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sirens of the Supernatural and on TikTok at Supernatural Sirens. Have a spooky story that you would like to share? Email them to us at Sirens of the Supernatural at gmail.com. Until next time. <laughs>